What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am, well, not excited. Excited is probably the wrong word, but this was this was a bittersweet season opener, I think. Obviously, obviously you'd like to end it with a win. Obviously, that's where you would like to be to really set yourselves up for success. And the way that Denver lost tonight, not necessarily great. However. It's game one. Regular season openers are weird. I said this on the last podcast. If you listened, you would know. And I'm not really surprised that the Nuggets dropped this one. Final score, 123-102. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., both of them returned. Both of them played extended minutes. I was actually surprised at where both guys finished with their minute totals. We'll talk about those guys more extensively in the second segment. I think devote an entire segment to those guys. But first segment, going to go over the game flow, basically what happened, how it happened, kind of what it means, I guess. Second segment, focus in on Murray and Porter. And then third segment, where do the Nuggets go from here? What's the what's the next step? Where, where could they learn some things? Now, I'm recording this a couple hours after the game in my hotel room right across from Vivint Arena. And <clears throat> full... Uh, Full disclosure, I'm exhausted. I am running like this is now 20 hours straight that I've been up. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning today to make a flight to be able to come out here. And I enjoyed being out here for sure. It's really cool. I'm excited to be around the team and traveling with the team. Hopefully, I'll be able to give some good on the ground coverage, even in some of these away games where not everybody gets to see and experience the vibes. So this will be hopefully a valuable podcast for those when I'm actually on the road. Still, I'm tired. If I say something dumb, I'm sorry. I might misconstrue something. If I don't make sense, I apologize. But first up, the Nuggets, I thought, started this game first six minutes of it pretty well. Though the Jazz still found a few ways to score, I thought that Denver's defense to open this game was actually pretty good. They were engaged. They were <clears throat> making plays. They were uh, getting out in transition. Aaron Gordon, the first points of the Nuggets season were a transition dunk for Aaron Gordon. I believe it was a, a double clutch reverse, which that's pretty cool. That's a great way to kick off the season. Jamal Murray scored his first points off of a nice step back. He also got out in transition in the first quarter, hit a nice layup. And there was a lot to like about where the Nuggets were going, I think, in the first six minutes. And then Murray checks out, and Bruce Brown checks in. I was kind of surprised that Michael Malone went with Bruce Brown at point guard over Bones Highland. 
I think he's experimenting with stuff still. He's trying to find opportunities for Bruce Brown to be on the floor a little bit more. Brown played 21 minutes tonight compared to Bones' 15, uh, 16, excuse me. And Bones didn't have a great game. Brown did not have a great game either. Uh, just full disclosure, I don't think any of the bench did. But it was interesting to see that that was the first substitution that happened. And then the reserves started piling in, and the Nuggets started letting go of the rope defensively. The Jazz players, they were bombing threes left and right, but more importantly, the Nuggets were being outworked pretty consistently on the glass. Jared Vanderbilt, in 12 minutes in the first half, had 12 rebounds. 12. That's insane. Five of those were offensive rebounds, and he was just outworking everybody, including Nikola Jokic, who finished with four tonight. That's very uncharacteristic for the Joker. Nikola was pretty um, unenthused tonight in the postgame presser, and maybe it's just because it's a loss, but kind of seeing a little bit of malaise, I think, for the veterans to start the season. But Denver kind of lets go of the rope defensively, even with some of their starters out there. And then right at the end of the first quarter, they go full bench, and it looks pretty bad. Denver struggles to score. They get scored on consistently. DeAndre Jordan was out there for a total of six minutes, and it was not good. All six of his minutes came in the first half, four basically in his first stint, and then the final two replacing Nikola Jokic at the end of the second quarter because Jokic had picked up three fouls and was in foul trouble. But Jordan played just six minutes tonight, and his plus-minus, minus 13. It wasn't the worst plus-minus on the team. That actually goes to Murray, although a lot of that was just being associated with the bench unit. He was out there at the beginning of that second quarter. It was clear that the bench was already falling to pieces. So Michael Malone subs out Davon Reed, subs in Jamal Murray to run a Bones-Bruce-Brown-Jamal-Murray backcourt. And that lineup doesn't even do anything. The first two plays that they ran with all three of those guys in the backcourt was a Jeff Green post-up. And that didn't work. So they ran it again. It kind of just happened in the natural flow of things. But that's a bad play. That is a bad play when you have Bones and Jamal out there. That is not what Jeff Green is out there to be. He's out there to connect. He's out there to take advantage of advantageous situations. He didn't have a mismatch. He was just out there not necessarily doing a whole heck of a lot. And he had a bench worst minus 18, and I thought was really, really bad in this game. Although, it was funny. I think fourth quarter, I had stated online that he had had a bad game. And lo and behold, he posterizes the hell out of Larry Markin, or uh, Kelly Olenek, excuse me. It was hilarious. Like, the timing could not have been better. I fired off the tweet, and then he immediately posted. I just am the best at the reverse jinx. It is my pride and joy at this stage. But overall, the starting unit in that first half, they weren't playing well. They really weren't playing well. The bench really took all the sails, uh, took all the momentum out of the sails, the wind out of the, ch- the sails, that's for sure. But the starters didn't really do anything when they came back into the game. 
The Nuggets were down by 24 points in the second quarter. And the Jazz were just bombing away from three. Getting to the line, getting to the three, getting to the paint. Wherever they wanted to go, they got. And it wasn't until the third quarter when the Nuggets really started to kick things into gear. The first seven minutes of the third quarter, the Nuggets allowed six Utah points. They allowed 19 points for the quarter, so they allowed 13 points in the final five minutes, unfortunately, and that kind of uh, staved off what could have been a Nuggets comeback here. But Denver did a good job in that quarter specifically of just locking in defensively, making things difficult for Utah, forcing mistakes, and making things more difficult as opposed to just giving them all the easy looks. And that's where you can see the potential for the defensive unit. Unfortunately, that didn't translate to any of the other quarters. 37 points allowed in the first, 38 points allowed in the second, 19 in the third, 29 in the fourth. None of those numbers outside of the third quarter are good. And the first and second are big alarm bells. Denver did not show up in terms of the effort level. They did not show up in terms of intensity and focus. And it was too bad. Because this is the season opener. They've had a lot of time to prepare for this moment. And you'd think that they would want it just a little bit more. But it was pretty clear that the vets, not necessarily as strongly, wanted this one. Especially uh, some of the bench vets. But, look. It wasn't just those guys. Bones Highland, really bad night for him. I thought he was completely out of the flow in a lot of different ways tonight. Lots of opportunities to run easier offense, but he settled for difficult looks, whether it was deep threes, whether it was taking a three when Jokic had Laurie Markin and posted under the basket, whether it was driving into the teeth of the defense as opposed to driving away from the pressure. He was mistake-prone tonight, and it's one of the reasons why he only played 16 minutes. He just wasn't good. And so, look, it is what it is. He will get better. And this is actually a tough spot for a young player where you're going into a hostile environment, first game of the season, jitters, definitely have some shaky opportunities here. But Bones has to be better than this. The Nuggets expect better. 10 points, 3 assists, that might have been okay last year, not okay this year. Especially if it comes with minus 9 one of four from three, and just not really getting enough people involved. He struggled, and that's okay. But it's clear that the bench has made things difficult for him. The lineup of Bones, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan lasted all of three minutes. It was horrible. Just absolutely horrible. And there's no doubt that the Nuggets will go back to it at some point. They have to make sure that it wasn't just because it was the season opener. And they're going to give DeAndre Jordan more opportunities. That's unquestioned. But he was bad. Davon Reed was really bad. And there just wasn't the requisite focus, energy, intensity from just about any of the guys. So, it was a complete mess. Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon both kept things close. I thought that KCP 
despite the fact that he missed threes, was just a hound on the defensive end as well. I mean, just listen, look at the the steal and block numbers for the Nuggets. They did make some plays. One steal and one block for Por- or for Gordon. One steal for Porter. Three steals for Jokic. Two steals for Murray. Two steals and a block for KCP. The starting lineup made some plays. When they locked in, they were able to help close the gap. There's no doubt about that. They actually got this deficit down to seven towards the end of that game. Unfortunately, Michael Malone said it in the postgame presser, certainly felt like they ran out of gas. And it's not surprising. 35 minutes for MPJ, 33 for Aaron Gordon, 33 for Jokic, 26 for Murray, more than I thought he'd play, 35 for KCP. Just a lot of minutes for those guys. And so, it's not a surprise they haven't played those minutes before. And this, like, as Murray said in post game, this was the first time he completed a game since tearing his ACL. So, it's going to be a process. They're going to need to take some time to build the chemistry. It's not going to be immediate. When it does click, it's going to be awesome. I have zero doubt about that. This can and probably will be the best starting lineup in the NBA. But I do think it's going to take some time. And until that happens, they're going to have to win with effort. They're going to have to grind things out. They did not grind tonight. I thought that the effort was pretty poor overall. thought the guy who, the two guys who were giving the most effort on the defensive end were Porter and KCP. Jamal was actually giving good effort too. I, I have to commend him for his defense as well. But overall, not necessarily the best effort from the starters, but definitely not the effort that you want to see from the bench either. Michael Malone said postgame to not blame it all on the bench. It was a loss that they had as a team. We'll see. We'll see. This feels like something that could persist until Murray and Porter are able to carry bench units. Or Bones kind of rounds into form. We'll see. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss Murray and Porter in more depth. We'll be right back. Back, Big Axe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's discuss the two men of the hour, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., both making their returns in the regular season. I thought demonstrated good signs. I thought they demonstrated that there are some things that they can do in between now and when they get back to being the full versions of themselves. Clearly, they're not there yet. Neither of them is. I think Porter is obviously a little bit closer than Murray. But I do think they gave good signs tonight. Start with the minutes. 26 for Murray. I had initially penciled him in at about 20. Did not think that he would play more than that. I thought that the range was probably 15 to 25, depending on how the game goes. He exceeds that. Goes to 26. And I'm surprised. I didn't think that he would be able to play that long. And to be honest, he didn't think he could either. 
I mean, he, he thought he could. I, I, I have no doubt, but he told the media postgame that he was tired. That with it being the home opener, the season opener for the Jazz, with the intensity being high, they're still at altitude here in Salt Lake. So it's not like the, the lungs are still like perfectly fine. It's going to take a process for him to get back to being able to play full starter minutes. But to start playing 26 minutes? I was shocked. Honestly, I did not expect that from him. 35 minutes for Porter. I didn't expect that from him either. I thought he'd be closer to 28 to 30 or so. But Michael Malone went back to him pretty consistently. And he trusted him in a lot of different situations. I thought that was great. I thought that was really, really good to see. MPJ had... Actually, KCP had the best plus minus on the team. And then MPJ had the second best plus minus. Somehow the the deep veterans, uh, or not deep, the deep bench, Peyton Watson, Blacko Chanchar, Christian Brown, all had even minuses. And Zeke Naji also. Actually, wait, he was, I thought Zeke was out there. The, the box score doesn't have him out there, but either way. It was interesting. Interesting to see. What's going on for Jamal, for Michael? Let's start with Jamal mostly. I thought that he was tentative. I do think that he was indecisive a little bit, where sometimes he didn't know exactly the speed at which he should approach an action. He was processing things a little bit slow, getting into the actions a little bit slow, and just reacting a little bit slow to what the defense presented him with. And look, it's to be expected. He has definitely he, he verbalized it today after the game that the speed of the game, the pace of the game is probably the thing that's giving him the most problems right now. Also, just the rhythm of the game. He's definitely a rhythm player. He got into the greatest rhythm of his life in the bubble. And when he's in a rhythm, he rocks into shots. He crosses up people. He gets to his spots very comfortably, understanding how the defense is going to react in certain situations and countering that the best he can. Right now, he's kind of feeling out just exactly what he can and can't do. And just getting out there and trying his best. His final line for tonight, 12 points, 5 of 13, 1 of 4 from 3. He did get a 3 to drop, so that was good. Took a technical free throw and made it. Two rebounds. Just one assist, two steals, and three turnovers. I think the biggest issue for him right now, and for the Jokic-Murray two-man game, is the timing of things, is the pace at which they run that action. Because that's where, like, when you run the DHO dance with Jokic, your timing has to be good. You have to read and react to the defense. And what makes Jokic and Murray so good at that, other than just being uh, really strong players and very versatile players, was that they're very good at processing very quickly and understanding the situation. Murray's slower right now. He's slower physically, but he's also slower in processing. And until that comes around, the physical stuff probably just won't matter as much. What's going to make him the best player he can be is just reading the court and understanding what's going on. 
And that's just going to come with time. There isn't anything more. It can't be hurried. It's going to be on its own schedule. There will be times where the timing looks good. There will be times where the timing looks suspect. Tonight, the timing was suspect. Just was. But there are still some moves that you really like. Still attack the basket. When he was attacking the basket, I thought he was good. There were a lot of times where he was curling around screens and maybe pump faking a little bit and trying to find the open lane for a jumper where he just couldn't really time it upright and get the proper situation uh, situation and then hesitated. Obviously, you can't hesitate when you're on the basketball court. You have to be definitive and decisive. He will be. He'll eventually get there, but it's going to be a process. And until he fully gets there, the Nuggets are going to have to stomach some worse than normal play from him. It's going to take some time, but if the rest of the roster can compensate a little bit, then Denver should still be fine. Even though they lost to the Utah Jazz, everybody can still play better. Everybody can help Murray out. Everybody can help Porter out. Hell, Porter may not need that much help, honestly. He looked great tonight. In 35 minutes, 15 points on 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, including the 3 that he hit from the corner was insane. It's one of those where he steps back, kind of catches it with somebody right up, right up under his grill. I think it was Taylor Horton Tucker. Horton Tucker's 6'4", but he also has like a 7-foot wingspan. So when he can gets into your airspace and then contests you, you have to rise high up over that guy. And Porter rose up high and absolutely mashed a three-pointer from the left corner. And boy, does that look good. That looks so, so nice. The step back that Murray had early in the game, that looked really nice too. Those are the kind of moves that remind you of just who these guys are, who they can be, and what they can add to this group when they get when they continue moving forward. They're going to get more consistent. They're going to get better. And I thought Porter, I thought Murray was good defensively tonight. I thought Porter was even better, honestly. Like there were definitely some times where Laurie Markkinen scored over him, hit a tough shot. Like there were some guys that hit the shots over the top of a Porter contest. That's fine. But for the most part, I thought Porter's rotations and his effort and his will to do stuff on the defensive end was really good. I did not see him being a defensive liability tonight. He wasn't the weak link. Obviously, Denver has to improve on the defensive end, but I don't look at Porter as being like, okay, everybody else is doing well except you. I honestly look at Jokic tonight as the defensive weak link. I thought that he was horrible, other than getting his hands in passing lanes. But honestly, like, this isn't news. Porter's going to struggle on the perimeter. So the perimeter defenders around him, they can't just be good. They have to be great. So if Porter's going to be out there, he's going to have to find times where he can be great too. I think Murray can be great at times. I think KCP, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, they obviously can be great at times. So that's why they get the trust. 
with Porter. And honestly, with Bones, who was looking really bad on the defensive end tonight. I think those are the guys that you look at and think, man, it would be nice if they could get to where they needed to go defensively because they're so talented on the offensive end and can help out Jokic in so many different ways. I worry a little bit about Bones in that regard, but I worry less about Porter, honestly. I think he's going to get there. I do. I think there will be opportunities for him. He played the bench power forward position with the bench unit uh, in the fourth quarter today. And I thought he looked good doing it. thought that that was a really nice role for him. And it would not surprise me if he went back to that. He might do that against Golden State. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think that DeAndre Jordan's going to play against Golden State, that's for sure. I think that Zeke Naji will probably get a nod, but could be Porter. Could be Porter and Jeff Green. And if that's the case, it's going to be fascinating. Really looking forward to that, but either way, Porter, 15 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. Did have 4 turnovers, but I'm not as worried about that. He'll iron that out of his game. He'll be fine. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what's next, and I think a little bit about the bench unit too. We'll be right back. Belt is back. Football, basketball, all of the sports. Nobody's more excited to share these sports with you than your friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now they have matched 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be in the arena to enjoy basketball this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, let's get into the third segment. What are the main takeaways here? What's the next step? What can the Nuggets learn from this game? Well, I think we can learn pretty quickly that if Denver is going to go full bench, it can't be the one that they just used. At some point, Malone will try it again, like I said in the first segment. But if I'm being realistic, if I'm thinking about what Denver needs to do and how they're going to get there, it is going to involve probably not DeAndre Jordan. Certainly not the Jeff Green-DeAndre Jordan combo. I think that that was one of the key reasons in why Denver didn't have the energy in that first and second quarter. Is that that combo specifically? It's just really tough. But I can't like I can't blame all of like those guys specifically. Bones had some bad turnovers during that stretch. Davon Reed had some horrible turnovers during that stretch. Davon only played eight minutes tonight, and he put up zeros across the board except for two turnovers. He was nada in this game. Just contributed absolutely nothing. And so he's got to be better. Simple. Plain and simple. He's going to have to be involved. 
He's going to have to make himself involved because right now he's not involved on either end of the floor. And so I'm curious to see if that translates to Golden State. Can't imagine that Michael Malone is going to make major rotation changes going from game one to game two. He's going to just try to instill, just play harder. Just play harder. The shots will come. The execution will come. Denver will be fine. They've just got to play hard. But what I'm expecting is for Zeke Naji to play in that second game. I think that he will be the center that Michael Malone goes with. If not him, and it, he goes with DeAndre Jordan, look out for James Wiseman. James Wiseman will be active. He will be effective in all likelihood. And I'll be very curious to see how Denver handles the rim pressure that Wiseman, Kaminga, uh, Jordan Poole, that those guys put on the second unit. But I do think that if we're just looking for positive takeaways here, Denver starters, namely Jokic and Gordon, look pretty good offensively. Actually, I mean, let, let me stop you there. Let me stop myself there. Jokic and Gordon look good offensively. I thought Porter looked good offensively. I thought their running offense through Murray was tough, and Denver's going to have to deal with that for a little bit. And KCP, he got six assists tonight, so clearly he was doing something, right, connecting with the team. He's going to have to hit shots at some point. But like what I predicted in the predictions podcast, I think he's going to start out pretty slow from three. This is a lot to process. This is a lot to think about. He's got a tough role. But he will eventually get there. I have zero doubt about that. Where Denver really needs to see improvement, hopefully they get some from Murray, just playing a second game back as opposed to his first. Actually, he may not even play on Friday night. I didn't really think about that. And I'm not sure what Porter is going to do for back-to-backs. But they played Porter like he's fully healthy. They did not play him like he's about to miss a back-to-back. So, I have to imagine that Murray probably sits on Friday. Bruce Brown will probably start. And then that means Bones Highland comes off the bench as the main point guard. But they might actually add Ish. That wouldn't surprise me. If they go with Ish Smith, Bones Highland, Davon Reed, or, yeah, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, and Zeke Naji. And if they tried that unit, a little bit different, a little bit smaller, but probably more functional offensively. You're running pick and roll with Zeke, but you can also pick and pop. And you're running two actions with Ish and with Bones off that second unit. And then maybe you can make up for the fact that Murray won't stagger. Maybe Porter will stagger a little bit, but we'll just have to see. Either way, though, it's hard to come away with from this game like super impressed with the team. But what I will say is that don't come away less enthused than you were before. Season openers are weird. There's no doubt about it. You guys remember what happened in last year's season opener? Denver beat the Phoenix Suns. And they beat them pretty handily. The year before? They lost to Sacramento at the buzzer in overtime. I don't remember what happened the year before that, but every time it feels like 
Denver's going through some wild shit in the opener. Stuff that's unexpected. Them not playing with great effort tonight. I'm not sure if that was unexpected, but like I think it's easily correctable. I think they can play with better effort. Whether they execute better, that remains to be seen. They need to develop some chemistry. They need to develop some camaraderie with each other. But I think they can do that. It just takes time. And it's one of the reasons why starting out this season early and uh, starting out and being successful early, maybe not the best idea, maybe not the best expectation to set. Denver may not have a great record after the first 19 games. They should be favored in a lot of those games. And maybe they won't get a, a super hot Utah Jazz team the next time they face Utah. Maybe instead, this same Utah Jazz team will shoot 35% from three, as opposed to 45% or 42%. And then they'll shoot 42% from the field, as opposed to 50%. There's no doubt that Denver can play better defense. We saw glimpses of it tonight. It's just about finding that energy and that effort sooner and staying connected, staying intense. It's early in the season, game one. You do not need to play your best in game one. It's nice, it's cool, but who really cares? The Boston Celtics struggled last year for the first third of the season, and they went to the NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors, they were fantastic in the early part of the season, and they won the NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns, were unbelievable throughout the entire season, and they lost in the second round. You just don't know. You've got to build good habits. You've got to build championship caliber habits. But other than that, it doesn't matter as much. So, let's just be a lesson. This is about Murray and Porter getting back into the swing of things, about Denver's starting unit, finding some chemistry, about the bench unit finding some sort of pulse. And once they get to that, they'll be fine. I have zero doubt about it. It's okay to criticize in the meantime. It's okay to hold them to a higher standard. I understand if you want to do that, and I don't blame you. If this team wants to win a championship, they've got to turn it around quickly. They have to play with more urgency. Because these games do matter. Setting yourself up for playing an easier rec- or an easier schedule in the playoffs because you got a higher seed in the regular season is crucial. I believe that. And it's very rare for a non-top three seed to make the Western Conference Finals. Hell, to make the NBA Finals. Usually it's the top three seeds. If not, then Denver's going to surprise me. They're going to have to surprise. But I think that they have to get it into gear relatively soon. Or else people will start to panic. Whether that's do or undo, I don't know. But we'll see. Either way, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. I am going to get to bed, got an early flight tomorrow, and I definitely need to rest. 
I'm clearly delirious on this episode, so my apologies. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.